feel something uh, about to break loose uh, in this building this morning. Uh, I just need about 200 people uh, that have had some opposition in your life uh, to jump out of your seat uh, and run to the front of this house this morning. Uh, we're about to put the devil uh, in his place today. Uh, Come on, are you in the building this morning? Uh, have you been facing opposition? Uh, how many of you know uh, that this isn't just a cute song, uh, but the word of the Lord says uh, that I will put Satan uh, under your feet uh, shortly. Uh, how many of you know he's under your feet? Give him a shout of praise. If you know uh, that he's under your feet, uh, then what happens uh, when you begin to dance? Uh, what happens when you begin to shout? Uh, I dare you to take uh, the next 60 seconds uh, and somebody dance uh, over the top of your enemy in this place. Uh, give him a shout of praise. Uh, yeah! Tell them, neighbor. 
Tell him neighbor. Tell him I got victory. Oh, you got the wrong neighbor. If they looked at you funny, find somebody else and tell them I, I got it. I got a breakthrough. I've got victory. I've got the Holy Ghost. I've got dominion. I've got blessings. Somebody give him a shout of praise in this place. High five about eight people on the way to your seat. Tell them if you don't have it, you can get it. Woo. Anybody realize it's highly flammable in the building this morning? I promise you, if you light a match in the house, uh, this thing's liable to explode this morning. Tell your neighbor as you sit down, tell them caution, caution. Highly explosive. Caution. You get, get next to me, things are liable to get crazy. Sit next to me, there's liable to be a breakthrough on our row. Uh, get too close to me, the fire's liable to jump on you. Uh, get too close to me, you never know what's going to... Caution, warning, warning, warning. Warning, 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 warning. Hallelujah. Anybody excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? What... An absolutely incredible presence of the Lord is already here today. And we have been having such an amazing time in the Holy Ghost this past week. How many of you have been blessed by everything that God has been doing in this house? I mean, we are in the middle of unbelievable breakthrough revival. And we're so thankful for everything God is doing. I want to take just a very brief moment this morning to welcome all of our guests that are in the house of the Lord with us. Rock Church, I need to borrow your hands and your voice. Would you help me make some crazy noise? Come on, we can do better than that. Let's welcome all of our guests into the house of the Lord today. Woo! Amen. We are so honored to have you with us. If you are here for the very first time today, you should have received a VIP invitation card that looks kind of like the image on the screen behind me. And if you did not receive one of those, if you would just raise your hand very briefly, one of our staff members will bring one right to you. And uh, we, we want to make sure you've got one of those. Everybody knows what VIP stands for. VIP stands for very important person. And we want all of our guests to know that you are a very important person to us this morning. Amen, Rock Church. And we are just so honored that you took time out of your day to come and worship with us. Now, what that VIP card is for is immediately following the service, we've got a VIP room and we've got some light refreshments and a small gift that we'd like to give you just as a token of our appreciation that you were with us today and uh, get a chance just to get to know you a little bit. So uh, immediately following the service, if you will find the red carpet in the lobby, somebody will be there to escort you into the VIP room, and we look forward to getting to know you. Amen, somebody. Would you put your hands together for everybody streaming online with us this morning? We're grateful for everybody that, that was able to tune in, see what God is doing in this place. Somebody shout, this Tuesday. This Tuesday is going to be just a little bit different format. As you know, this week is peak National Youth Conference in Houston, Texas, and we have many, many people that are going to be uh, there this week for the conference. But I want you to tell your neighbor we are still having church on Tuesday. Yeah. Some of y'all said, I ain't telling my neighbor nothing. Their breath stinks. Amen. Some of y'all need to get that breath ministry kicking. You just, if you got a neighbor like that, just lean over and sing a gospel song to him. Just tell him, amen. 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 Now have a tick. <laughs> okay, where were we? Oh, yeah. Church Tuesday night at 730. It's going to be awesome. Listen, we want you to just come casual Tuesday night. It's going to be awesome. We're going to have 
a Bible study here on Tuesday night. And we're going to bring refreshments for everybody after the Bible study and have a time of fellowship. How many of you excited about some Bible study and fellowship on Tuesday night? Amen. It's going to be awesome, awesome, awesome. Be here. Don't be late. We're going to start right on time at 730. And uh, you don't want to miss what God's going to be doing. It's going to be a great word in the house and a great time of fellowship. Amen. Hallelujah. We are so honored today to have some very special guests with us all the way from the Oklahoma City area. Long, long time friends of First Lady and I. It is an honor to have Pastor and First Lady King with us in the building. I need you to help me give them a great big Rock Church welcome this morning. Come on, are we excited they're here today? And uh, I have been knowing Pastor and Sister King since I was a young teenager. I don't remember. I was trying to think the year we met you on. I couldn't remember, but we were single, young teenagers in church, and they were powerhouse uh, evangelists, uh, vandalizing, I mean evangelizing the country, and uh, using the, God used them in a powerful way. And I remember being so impacted uh, by their ministry at a young age. And uh, over the years, life has just taken us to amazing places in God's journey. And uh, uh, Pastor and Sister King evangelized. They've got quite the resume. They have uh, pastored churches, started churches. Uh, they both were on staff at Texas Bible College, changing the world uh, in that arena for quite some time. And now they are pastoring a God-ordained work in the Oklahoma City area. And uh, recently we were chatting back and forth, and, and I just, man, felt in the Holy Ghost. We need to get Brother King here. We need to get them uh, in Fort Myers. And uh, amen. And Sister King uh, has a, a deep connection to this part of the country and uh, spent many of her years young in Arcadia. And uh, I don't know if they'll share any of that stuff or talk about it. We, if she wants to come and say something, we'd love for that to happen. Whatever they feel to do in the Holy Ghost. How many of you are excited to have them here with us? Would you stand all over your feet in anticipation of the word of the Lord this morning? We don't know what God has in store for us. But Pastor King, we are ready for whatever God has. We want you to come and follow the Holy Ghost. Amen. Would you clap your hands and give God a great big praise one more time? Come on. We can do a little bit better than that. Let's give God a great big praise as the man of God comes to deliver the word of the Lord. Psalms 47, verse 1, we've already quoted and said it, but let's do it again. Oh, clap your hands, all you people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph, for he is a terrible king. He's a terrible king over all the earth, and he shall subdue the people under us, the nations under our feet. Hallelujah. Amen. And it is great to be here with you so, so incredible that we are here. Um, and uh, my wife's family pioneered a lot of church works in and throughout Florida. I was born in the north end of the state. And uh, we restarted a church in Lakeland, Florida. And uh, uh, I remember being in Pueblo, Colorado a long time ago. And uh, it was right around, it was a fall fest. We went up in the mountains with Bishop Elder and uh, had a lot of activities going on. We had a caramel apple eating contest. I told you, though. And uh, there were five or six there, and we hyped them up. Or I, did, I was just, I was a bystander. I, I did not partake in this at all. But uh, Mark said, go however it happened. And they tore into their apples. And all of them were apples but one. It was a caramel-coated onion. And your bishop, And he said, I could taste it with the very first 
bite. But he refused to lose. He beat everybody, then went outside. If I remember, you puked it up. And I thought, my God, if he ever gets turned loose, I want you to know that Fort Myers is highly favored to have your bishop and first lady here. Oh, the hand of God is on this church. The hand of God is on your man. Oh, yes, it is. Uh, and if you understand anything about spiritual authority, it comes because you are very submitted to authority. That's right. And uh, if you stay submitted to your bishop, I will tell you, you will walk and hell will tremble all over southwest Florida. I want you to understand. I believe. I'm going to tell you what I feel. But I do believe that you're just getting started. You've not... You've not seen what God's about to do. Hallelujah. This, this church is exporting revival all around the world. And I believe that's just getting started. Amen. And it's great to meet every one of you. This is a place where everybody needs to come. This is a place where everybody can meet with God. Hallelujah. And everybody is so nice. And those of you that this is your first time here, welcome. It's mine too. But let's have a good time in Jesus just for a little while. Praise God. And I do want to say, Isaac and Judah, I don't know where you guys are. There you are. So good to see you. Last time that I remember seeing them, they stopped by the Bible College a few years ago. And uh, I think school was out. We toured. And uh, it's kind of amazing how the last time you see someone, that's the snapshot you have in their mind, your mind of how they're supposed to be. And then I hear somebody's getting married, and I said, nah, that ain't too young. But they're, they're, not, they're not young men. They're full-grown men. And, uh, and I do want to say that Sister Barbara Williams, my wife and I, we love you so very much. We, we would have came. I'm so glad... Your bishop asked us to come. We would have came just to see her. But we love your bishop, Randy Williams, so very deeply. Amen. And I'm so glad to have my girlfriend here of 39 years, and we've been married 38 of them. And I don't know if my grandkids will see this, but we love you, Logan Gentry. Tucker, Joe, Carson Sawyer, and Kevin Riker. We love our four grandsons. Amen. And uh, it would change your life. And I told my kids, you know what? You just drop them off and just leave them. We don't care about the kids no more. We just want the grandkids. But uh, praise God. I know I don't look that old. I know I look real young and I look real skinny. And uh, I looked at some of you shouting and bucking and dancing I used to do that. If I did that now, my belly button would put a hickey on my forehead. So I'll, I'll be careful here. But I'll be myself if, if that's all right. I want to play like I'm in the pulpit at Rose Rock and Noble, Oklahoma. Amen. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Praise God. Praise God. 11.52 a.m. And I don't know how long. You guys stay in church. I'm going to try my best to be as brief as possible. I believe that God wants to do something pretty special among us. Praise God. John chapter number 20. Thank you, Brother Hammond, for taking care of me, sir. And everybody, the staff, those that I've met, your kindness to my wife and I. And I think it flows from your bishop. One of the kindest, very humble rare to see a man that is so powerful in uh, the operation of gifts of the spirit and, and leadership to be so humble and that's because and that's the very reason why he is powerful amen amen don't you love him yeah. 
Let the devil know how much you appreciate your pastor, your bishop. If there ever was a time, if there ever was an hour, the church needs to rally and stand behind true apostolic leadership. Now is that time and now is that hour. Hallelujah. Woo, I feel the presence of the Lord. Let's, let's go to our text. I'll read from John chapter number 20. Verse number one, the first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early when it was yet dark unto the sepulcher. Everybody say tomb. And seeth the stone taken away from the tomb. And she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and saith to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, out of the sepulcher. And we know not where they have laid him. And Peter therefore went forth and that other disciple and came to the sepulcher. So they ran both together. And the other disciple did outrun Peter and came first to the tomb. And he stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying, yet went he not in. Then cometh Simon Peter following him and went into the sepulcher and seeth the linen clothes lying. And the napkin, everybody say the napkin, that was about his head not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped. One translation says it was folded. It was wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also that other disciple, which came first to the sepulcher, and he saw, and he believed. For as yet they knew not the scripture, that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again unto their own homes. I want to take just a little while. I will not apologize for the simplicity of this message. But I want to preach to you the four reasons why the folded napkin. Hallelujah. If you would, put your Bibles down. Lift your voice and your hands to heaven. We come up against every hindrance, every principality, every power. No matter where it may live, no matter how it may house itself. We come up against it in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We bind every demonic spirit. Everything that will try to hang on to people in this room. We bind it and cast it to the outer chambers of darkness. And we lose power, apostolic authority, as much as is within us according to your word. Hallelujah. Now let's give him a Psalms 47 verse 1. Do it one more time. Oh, clap your hands. All ye people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Amen. You may go down clapping your hands. Praise God. Uh, not too many weeks have passed since the religious world that came together and they celebrated Easter. We call it around our place the Resurrection Sunday. But they come together one time a year to celebrate the death, the burial, and the resurrection. And I believe you need to put your best uh, foot forward and walk the dog. If you're going to walk the dog, do it on, on resurrection morning. But they do that. But I'm so glad that I am in a place that we do not wait till one time a year, but every single time that we come together, we've come to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Whether it's on Sunday morning, on Sunday night, it does not matter. We celebrate his resurrection every single time that we come together. Amen. I will tell you that every time there is a movement of supernatural revival, and we believe in supernatural revival, the natural belongs to man, but the supernatural belongs to God. When man ends, God's just beginning. When man comes to the final conclusion, God's just getting started. That's the kind of God that we serve. That's the kind of God that we're praising in this room right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. But every time there is an advancement of the spirit world, 
it seems like there's also the advancement of darkness. And there are those that would try to declare that Jesus is dead, that Jesus is just a myth, and we know better. But I like what the old preacher said, the old country preacher, when they inquired of him, is your Savior dead? He said, no, he ain't dead. Yeah, they said, how do you know? He said, because nobody has notified me yet. That's how I know he ain't dead. Because when somebody dies, they notify the next of kin. And he's my daddy. And there ain't nobody came knocking on my door. Hallelujah. But you can't deny the power of a resurrected Savior when you begin to praise him. And when you begin to magnify him. Oh, clap your hands. Clap your hands. Hallelujah. I'm happy to tell you this morning that there still is an empty tomb in Jerusalem to put your trials in. There still is an empty tomb in Jerusalem to put every dilemma in. Hallelujah. And to build your faith in. To put your trust in. Praise God. Amen. And when you begin to look at the disciples, the apostles, when they would sermonize, when they would begin to preach, they would always begin to angle back toward the gospel of Jesus Christ. We know what the gospel of Jesus Christ is. It's the death, the burial, and the resurrection. That's the good news, that he died and they buried him, but he rose again, hallelujah. And they would always get up and somewhere they would begin to talk about this new life. They would begin to talk about the, the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. It was Paul that said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Amen. There's a power, wonder-working power in this room, the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so what happens is repentance. That's the death part. Here in just a little while, we're going to give everybody that wants to the opportunity. Whether it's in your pew or come down around the front of this building. And the opportunity to repent of your sins. It's more than just saying, I'm sorry. It's more than just saying, forgive me. Uh, show forth meets unto repentance. But there's something that begins to take place. And I believe it's taking place already in this room. Something's bubbling up in your spirit. You may not understand all there is to understand. Hallelujah. But there's something in you that realizes that what you're feeling right now is better than your drugs. It's better than your booze. It's better than your prescription. Ha! Hallelujah. That's the power of repentance. I'm so glad somebody preached to me that you must repent of your sins. And then if you're dead, that's dying. If you're dead, I don't know where the baptismal tank is here. Uh, behind the screen. Thank God. If you're dead, then you gotta be buried. That, that, that tank behind that screen, that's not just a water tank. But going down, it is the grave. Are you hearing me? Uh, I do now indeed baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. That means all that you've just repented over. Uh, when you go down, they're washed away. I, I see it as water. But when you speak the name that's above every name, heaven says that's no longer water, but that's blood. And I'm going to cleanse you of your blood. But going down, that is the grave. But coming up, it's the wound of the church. That's where spiritual babies are being born. And if you're born again of the water, there's a spirit baptism coming. Hey, when you're born of the flesh, you begin to cry at the fleshly cry. But when you're born again of the spirit, yeah, don't worry about how it's going to sound. You'll feel it. It'll begin to bubble up. Out of your belly shall flow rivers. It's going to spring up well and you're going to speak in a heavenly language 
You know why I love this message? Because hell can't stand it. Hell's lied to you long enough and saying you were just born that way. You were born a nobody. There's nothing about your life that's valuable or redeemable. That's just the way you are born. There's no need to feel that way because you can be born again. Uh, hallelujah. You can come out of the restraints of your old world. You can leave the old things behind. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. Is this all right? Does this make sense? I'm a country. I'm a, I'm a hick from the sticks. And, and sometimes I'm talking. I can see people's eyes roll back. Say, what in the world is he saying? I went to Bible college in, in a place where they talk proper. They said, first time I've ever heard it. He said, uh, borrow me a quarter. That means loan me a quarter. First time I heard that, I said, go borrow your own quarter. And I listened to how they talk, Bishop. And everybody talked right. I could understand them. And uh, man, I, I grew up in North Florida. And the first time I, this is back in the, I don't know why I'm telling you this. But my dad took a church in Wichita Falls area. And uh, there were a few guys there in the church. And we went to McDonald's. This is back when you, they didn't have the fountain drinks. You had to order it. And they had orange soda. And she said, what do you want to drink? I said, orange. And she looked at me. Now, where I'm from, everybody understands what orange is. So where are you from? I'm from Crestview, Florida. Uh, uh, but I want you to understand. <laughs> I want to make sure that I'm communicating with you. What we see is Mary Magdalene. She is... On her way to the tomb, the grave of Jesus, it's still early morning, it's dark. And she, when she gets there, the stone has been rolled away. And uh, it freaks her out. She said, oh, I don't know what's going on here, but this is not right. I'll just preach in my vernacular. This ain't right. Something's happened that don't feel right. She was looking at things through her normal, natural mind. And she went and she bumped into Peter and said, Peter, somebody has done stole the body of Jesus. And Peter had something to prove because Jesus prophesied to him before the morning comes and the rooster crows, are you going to deny me three times? He said, oh, no, they're not going to do that. And so he ran, and, and John, he was a little faster, and he began to run, and John outran him. And John just, just stopped at the door, and he looked, and he saw the linen clothes. He saw what, what, what Mary saw, and he stopped. But here comes Peter, and Peter elbows his way through and into the tomb. And when it turned around, he saw the linen clothes like, like, like everybody did. They were in disarray. But when it turned to where the head laid, he saw where they, 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 they the, the little napkin that they covered the head, they, he saw it folded. And when he saw it, the Bible says he believed. Are you hearing me right now? Some of you are not getting it. You know why? You're standing at the door looking in. But if you just come on in, he goes, Whoa, now I understand it. Now I get it. I see people that are being delivered. I want a piece of that. I see people whose lives are being changed. I want just a little bit of that. Woo, hallelujah. And so when Peter went in, he saw that napkin. I'm going to bring that back up here so I can see it. Something's going to happen here in a moment. The power of the Holy Ghost is going to move through this place. I'm telling you right now, lives are about to be changed. 
Some of you don't have a clue while you're here. You just felt something draw in your spirit. Uh, God has the clue. God understood. God knew that you'd be here long before you ever even said, I'm going to come to the Rock Church. And so, let's talk about reasons why that folded napkin. Because when Peter, he looked in and he it was profound that he began to believe. Reason number one, why Peter got excited and he believed is when he saw that folded napkin, it was the proof that he needed to realize that nobody stole his body. Grave robbers, they wouldn't have taken the body and left the other linens in a mass array and not folded the napkin. But when he saw the napkin folded, hallelujah, when he saw the, hallelujah. I like it hot. When he saw that napkin, he said nobody stole the body. Hallelujah, hallelujah. When he saw that napkin, it was like he heard Jesus say, can't nobody hold me in this grave. There's no authority to keep me down. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And the revelator, it's a horror story. The revelator in John chapter one, he began to say, I was in the spirit in the Lord's day. And I heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. What thou seest, write in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, unto Smyrna, unto Pergamos, unto Thyatira, unto Sardis, unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. He said, I turned to see the voice that spake with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the candlesticks, there was one like unto the Son of Man. He was clothed with a garment down to his feet. He was girded about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hair were like white like wool, as white as snow. His eyes were like flame of fire. His voice was like a sound of many waters. Hallelujah. He said, when I looked at that, what I saw, I saw Jesus there. I saw the glory of the Lord. And Jesus said, I am he who liveth and was dead. Behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. He said, that's settled. I'm never going to have the grave again. But he didn't stop there. He said, I've got the keys to hell and the grave. I want you to understand what Peter saw it. Woo. He could not contain himself. He said, he's alive. He's risen. Nobody stole his body. Amen. You may be seated for about 30 seconds. Y'all don't want to worship God anyway. Huh. Reason number two. Napkins, they were used for headbands. They keep the sweat out of the shepherd's eyes. Long before I'll date myself, Michael Jordan. For the younger generation, LeBron came along. There were shepherds out in the back 40 with their headbands on. And so that shepherd, he had the headband. And when Peter saw the folded napkin, he understood that sweat came from a curse and the curse was a product of sin. And Genesis 3, 19, in the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat dust of bread until thou return unto the ground. Jesus, by folding the napkin, was saying, I'm going to take the sweat out of salvation. Hang on here. God was speaking to the priest that were to come before him. In Ezekiel 44, he says, Thou shalt have linen bonnets upon thy heads and shall have linen breeches upon thy loins. Thou shalt not gird themselves with anything that causeth sweat. 
Why? Because in the Old Testament, there was a great litmus. There was a, there was a lot of red tape to get to God. There was a brazen. I, I understand the significance of it. Galatians 3.24 says that that was a schoolmaster, the school teacher that brings us to Christ. I get that. But there was the brazen altar. There was the laver of water. When you go into the holy place, there was the candlestick, the table of shoe bread, and the, the, the altar of incense. And then when you go into the most holy place, that's where the Ark of the Covenant was. I want you to know Jesus was letting them know I'm going to take the sweat out of salvation. In it can be saved. I said anybody can be saved. Can I borrow Pastor Hammond for a minute, Bishop? I heard your story. I think I heard. I hope I heard right. If not, we're in trouble. That at one time you were an atheist. And you're now the children's pastor. You hear me? Anybody can be saved. About a month ago, our children's pastor got up and began to preach and began to give his testimony. He was an atheist. He didn't believe in God. He was a drug dealer. He was addicted to all kind of things. But now he's preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Because anybody can't be saved. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what your last name is. He took the sweat out of it. You don't have to fight him for it. He's going to freely give it to you today. Amen. About 90 miles north of here. Oh, I'm getting comfortable now. About 90 miles north of here, I was preaching, and there were seven, if I remember, seven deaf people. Uh, the best of my knowledge, none of them had ever heard a day in their life. They would communicate with their hands, and, and vocally, they communicated like people that had never, ever heard before. But one night, the power of God began to move through that sanctuary. I watched all seven of them receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues as clear as I've seen anybody. Uh, you know why? He said, I'm going to remove the sweat because it's not his will that any should perish. When we were in New York, a lady in the church, her sister had an aneurysm. Is this all right? Had an aneurysm. It affected uh, her whole left side of the body and even, even somewhat some of her entire body. And uh, she had to move in with her sister. Her sister was her caretaker for, for two or three months there. And uh, she was coming to church. Her sister would wheel her in, and she'd be right here. And uh, she'd sit in a wheelchair out in the aisle. And we had this little guy preaching for us. You might know him by the name of Greg Godwin. Godwin was up preaching for us. And uh, had the power of God begin to move through the congregation. <laughs> Conviction. Let me tell you what conviction is. It's not condemnation. It's the very thing that God says, I love you. It's the thing that pulls you closer to him. You may not understand it, but you feel it right now. That's the love of God doing a work in your life just this very moment. Uh, Brother Godwin said, anybody can be saved. I looked out and she had got her foot out of the stirrup, and with her good foot, she was trying to kick her. Her sister was worshiping God and speaking in tongues like a Chinese laundryman, just magnifying God. But when you looked at her, she was doing this stuff, trying to get down to the altar. And I looked at her sister. We met eyes. She got behind the, 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 the wheelchair and pushed it down. And Godwin said, I don't know why. In God's name, I said, I'll tell you why. The Holy Ghost was moving through him. Hey. I tried to talk to her, and I could not understand her. Her speech was so slurred, but I want you to know, within 10 seconds, the power of God moved on her, and she began to speak in tongues. There was no slurring. 
It was as powerful and as clear. I want you to know he's already taken the sweat out of salvation. Amen. Let's clap our hands to the Lord for just a minute. Amen. The third reason. It said that shepherds, they kept their money in their headband. They may jump you and look for your billfold. They may look in your pockets and where, hey, man, you all right. I like a guy that'll help you, preach. Where's the money? Where's the money? Man, you're as broke as I am. Where's your billfold at? But there ain't nobody going to look in your headband. Huh? And at Calvary, the devil thought, I've stripped him of all possibilities. I've stripped him of his power. I've stripped him of his authority. I've stripped him of his dominion. But I want you to know when he folded the napkin, he was serving notice on the devil. How your dominion and your plan to destroy mankind ends right here. And when I step out, When I step out of this tomb, there's going to be power. There's going to be glory. There's going to be dominion. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And so at Calvary, hell didn't stand a chance. You know why? Catch this. He said, you just thought it was bad before. But I'm going to transfer some of this authority. The little 40-pound-year-old boy, the little 40-pound boy, will take this big 200-pound St. Bernard out for a walk. And the St. Bernard sees a cat. So you get the picture of the little boy hanging on to the leash and the St. Bernard taking the boy for a walk. But then you see that little boy, he gets his heels dug in. And for about six, eight feet, you see heels marks drag in the ground. And he gets that St. Bernard stopped. He goes around to the front of that St. Bernard, grabs him by both of his jaws. He puts his nose to the nose of that St. Bernard and says, let's get one thing straight. You're my dog. I ain't your boy. I think it's time for you to get some things straight with your adversary. He does not control you. He does not have authority over you. There's the power of a folded napkin. I'm telling you, you have dominion. You have the strength. You have... If you were to begin to praise God as a church right now, there would be so much faith that would be generated that shackles and chains could not stay on because of the dominion and the authority and the power of a folding napkin. Uh, amen. Speak that says, Hallelujah. Ooh, hallelujah. I know hell don't like this. I love this. Every time hell gets uncomfortable, I get mighty comfortable, Bishop. When I feel my Holy Ghost coming on. I walked into the store, and, and, and I walked back to where there was a floral, floral, uh, the floral stuff, the flower stuff was in the back right-hand corner of the store. And I walked and I just felt this eerie feeling come over me. I, t 
couldn't listen. This is the strangest, weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. And when I turned, I saw two beady eyes looking through flowers at me. And I looked at her and I saw this, this, this pentagram hanging from her neck. I said, I got you, devil. And so I began to say, oh, thank God for the blood. I thank you, Lord, for your name. It was not loud. I didn't scream it. I was just saying it just like that. Yeah, she turned and said, do you hear me right now? Uh, you've got dominion and you've got power and you've got authority. Oh, there's so much I could preach right now. I I've seen... The Lord of Darkness, one of the leaders of the Lord of Darkness, the LOD. We were at the church in, in, in Arkansas when uh, uh, they, they were making threats. We're going we're gonna to get a young female virgin and we're going to offer them as a sacrifice to Lucifer, to Satan. And uh, uh, they, they begin to find carcasses of animals, dead but without blood, all around the place, uh, all around the city. And uh, people were nervous. Uh, the, the, the pastor, he had had a lady that came in from California that somehow had some connection with this demonic group. And, hmm. and she said, Pastor, one of the leaders of the LOD is going to be in revival services tonight. I look stupid. You know why? I is stupid. I just believe the word of God. You don't have to explain it to me. When I get the feeling the Holy Ghost, when I get the feeling the power of God, let him come. I just want you to know, we baptize that cult leader in the name of Jesus Christ. He came up out of the water speaking in a heavenly language. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Now, is this all right? I, the last reason, number four. It is said by a few different scholars that according to Eastern culture, if you had been to a place and really enjoyed yourself, You invited yourself back. Where you laid your head, there would be a little towel. So they'd fold the towel and put it at the top of the head, the bed. And by doing that, they were inviting themselves back. Getting chicken skin right now. Chill bumps on chatter. That's God in this room. You hear me? What happened at the day of Pentecost? The Bible said there was a sound of a rushing mighty. How the Holy Ghost for those cloven tongues has a fire that set on each of them. And they begin to speak in heavenly language. Uh, but the devil, all he heard was, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. You couldn't keep me away, but now I'm going to dwell in them. I want you to stand to your feet right now. Where's my, where's my napkin at? There it is. I don't know. Whoa. You don't get that. I asked them if they had those lens that made you look slim. At least good looking, I'll take one of the two. Be disappointed if I'm ugly and fat. Here's the deal. Some of you are in this room right now. And you've been waking up all week long. 
and your trust in your heart. Not knowingly, you are crying out to God in the wee hours of the morning. Some of you were praying, but some of you, your heart was just, God understands the language that the heart speaks. And you're saying, is there any hope for me? I'm empty. There's no satisfaction. Some of you are in this room. You're wondering, is my family going to make it? How are we going to pay the bills? Mm, I feel it in the Holy Ghost. I, I, I know in a, in a congregation about this size, about anything you say, but I feel things leaving my spirit and going deep into the hearts and the minds of people in this room. Some of you, even in spite of such a great place to come to church, your adversary's been working overtime and trying his best to destroy you and defeat you with discouragement. But I've come this morning to tell you that there's a power in the folded napkin. Some of you are saying, if I could just find God, God, if you would just show me, consider your prayer answered right now. God is showing you. There's a powerful love of God in this room. Uh, I want us as a congregation to begin to pray. Certain ma'am, that's God loving on you. I would ask you, you've tried all kind of stuff and you showed all kind of bravery in a lot of different ways. But I want to challenge you for just a moment if you were to step out from where you're at and, and be brave enough to come down to the front of this building. There's people, you will not have to come by yourself. And there's people here that know where you've been to, know where you've been to. They know, understand where you're coming from. They're here to reach for you. They're here to pray with you and God's here to meet you. Here's what you do when you get here. I want you to begin to repent of your sins. I don't want you to forget that. Pour out your spirit. You feel like crying, cry. Godly sorrow works repentance. It's not tears of heaviness but it's tears of repentance where God is emptying you out of you so he can come and fill you with him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. God, here I am in the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. somebody to pray with them. Holy Ghost is in this house. Holy Ghost is in this house. You have won it all for me. Death could not hold you down. You are the Ha! 
Forever, I give you 